Welcome everybody to the wild, wild west A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest Like a vest for your Jimmy and Alright, welcome to Everything Went Black Podcast uh, we're, This is the first episode in a series that Andrew and I are going to be doing Where we sort of break down and give our picks for uh, upcoming uh, UFC events. Um, we're starting with the UFC. We might expand to do Bellator and Glory stuff, or, but for now we're just going to stick to the UFC since most people know about those players in the MMA world and some people might not be familiar with the world of Bellator or Glory kickboxing. So uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to run through um, you know the, the affiliate sponsors we got. Uh, which is on it, uh, Nature Box and Datsusara. So if you go to the Everything Went Black Media website, you can just click through those portals and uh, order stuff. And I get to uh, wet my beak a little bit and uh, get a kickback on uh, your purchases. So once again, um, if you enjoy the episode, uh, please leave a comment in iTunes. It uh, helps my ranking. And I would much appreciate that. So anyway, we got Andrew here on the line. What's going on, man? What up? So uh, what do you think of that last fight, man, with Stipe Miocic and Mark Hunt? Um, I'll be honest that I, when I watch these things, I don't have cable. Uh, the only other way I can watch them is I go over my my buddy Brian Dayharts, and uh, we watch it on pay-per-view. He's become a diehard fan recently, and it's been great. I'll, I'll go over there, and we'll watch it together. He really enjoys watching the fights and is respectful of it. And, you know, he's not just, like, some dude, like, oh, man, they're on the ground. Stand them up. Uh, it's really enjoyable to go over there. And uh, I didn't watch this one there. I watched it in the comforts of uh, my bed in the morning the next day. Uh, sometimes I watch them at 3 in the morning on the Internet. And uh, because of that luxury, I... I sometimes see how long the fight video is and uh i'll be honest when i saw the length of the fight accidentally because i i got into the third round and i was like ah this can't go two more rounds please and uh i noticed it did and i was you know i'm a big hunt fan and i like stipe he's a great fighter but i was just wanting that fight to be over honestly yeah yeah definitely man i mean Hunt is t- too tough for his own good, if you ask me, man. You know, that dude can take a, some punishment. And uh, the beating that he got that night, you know, not only shortened his career, but might have taken years off his life, too, man. Definitely. I mean, um, he was quoted as saying, it was on Bloody Elbow, that uh, he took a beating like a man. That's dark. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's 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 what I mean, man. He's like, it's too much heart and like too tough for his own good, I think. But uh, yeah, I think the refs. Do you think it had something to do with there being local refs, maybe, and they were like, you know, hunt fans, and they you know didn't want to like call the fight, give it the TKO or the stoppage. You know, I don't definitely. Know. It had that sort of air of like the old pride fights. Like I remember, um, I was a huge Yoshida fan. And I remember when Yoshida fought James Thompson and Thompson outweighed him. You know, we're talking about like a super heavyweight type guy at that point. And um, he outweighed him by, I don't know, 60, 80 pounds, pure muscle. And uh, once he started hitting Yoshida, you know, the damage was just too much. And uh, he was on top of him, just beating the tar out of him. 
and he kept on trying to crawl out of the ring and they kept dragging him back into the middle and it sort of felt like that like where the refs were like no you're not just keep going no it's okay keep going and at first i was like oh good you know they're not stopping the fight i think this might have been the second round uh but as the fight progressed i was like this is horrible yeah that's you know once again man i actually thought that the fight would be a little bit more evenly matched uh and i think that probably the fact that Stipe Miocic used his wrestling to take down Hunt is probably a big determining factor in that. Um, I think that if uh, if Stipe tried to stand with Mark Hunt, he you know he, he ran a risk of getting knocked out. Man, that that's the only thing I could say about Stipe. I think he's a great fighter, but he's not a real knockout puncher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a volume puncher. You know, he'll win decisions and like you know he'll he'll like box somebody, but. You know, he just doesn't have that power that, like, you know, Mark Hunt or, you know, Cain Velasquez has, that devastating, like, knockout power. But uh, but right. I, I'm a fan of both of those guys, and I just, it was a drag watching watching it go on like that. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I think that Cain also is a volume puncher, and you see that he has the cardio, and that's something that I felt Stipe had in that fight that was really amazing. I mean, I think it was, in the, again, in the second round where I was watching it and the amount of punishment that Hunt took, I mean, was probably not that surprising considering how strong he is, but the amount of punishment that was dealt out by Stipe, I was really surprised at how much he was able to do and then still be fresh for the next yeah. uh, three rounds. I actually, I was like watching it saying, oh, he punched himself out the next round, Hunt's going to get him. And that never happened. Yeah, for a heavyweight, he, he moves like he's like 185 pounds, you know. And uh, actually, he's what? He's like 245 or something like that, I think. He weighs, he typically weighs in at. Yeah, it was something in the, you know, sort of the middle of, uh, of heavyweight. I feel like he's probably in the same type of realm of, of weight as um, Velasquez. But yeah. Velasquez, you know, he seems more, I don't know, it's just his body type. Um, but Stipe seems like tighter. You know, he seems like he probably couldn't weigh that much less where as Velasquez looks like maybe he could so I don't think that his frame would do well at you know 205 um, just that he he's not like you know he's not this chopped up uh, cut superhuman you know but yeah. he has the most insane cardio in the whole division yeah it's kind of amazing if you look at Cain Velasquez because he's got like a little bit of like you know he's carrying a little bit of body fat but totally. he's for for a heavyweight. He goes. He's got like cardio for days, man. It's insane. To it's think. insane. Yep. Yeah. But but yeah, they're both kind of small heavyweights, which is it, I think it'd be an interesting matchup to see those guys together. You know. But he's got to get through, uh, you know, for Doom or any, or one of those guys before he gets a shot at uh, the Kane. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get through his injuries first, really. Yeah. Unfortunately. Did uh so this this Friday aside from uh aside from this weekend being a you know a UFC uh, weekend actually the next eight weekends are UFC fights I think really oh yeah. my god yeah it's like every week there's something going on um, it's a little daunting right I mean I want to get off the subject of Friday but I find myself even um, you know uh, talking to my fiance Christy about it and saying. You know, she's like, hey, there's a UFC tonight. You going to go watch it? I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, and I never used to be like that. I used to be like, hey, let's watch UFC. You know, I'd ask you to come over to the apartment. We'd watch Chuck Liddell, you know, things yep. like that. But now with this 
you know, it's this onslaught of UFC events. I mean, do you feel like, does that wear on you at all personally? Do you feel that way? A little bit, man. I, I got to be honest with you. I, didn't, I don't think I really watched the entire card of the last one. I just kind of watched the last, like the main card. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's like a little too much sometimes, I think. I mean, there's some great, I mean, there's some stellar cards coming up. But there's also some some kind of like, you know, events that don't really grab my interest as much. Yeah, I agree. Um, this last card, you know, I again the luxury of knowing how long fights are. Uh, I, I cherry picked through them. I looked at them and I said, "Well, how long's this fight? Oh, this fight's only two minutes long. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna watch this and see what happens. <laughs> but when it was like 15 minutes, I was like, "Well, you know, I don't really feel like watching 15 minutes of this guy versus that guy, and I don't have a real." good sense of who either of them are i mean i consider myself a pretty knowledgeable hardcore fan and uh if i don't know who they are i mean hey it might be a great fight but i'll find about it later and then maybe i'll watch it but you know in the moment if i don't know i'm not i'm not going to check it out yeah i hear you man but uh you know this this fight with Faber and edgar looks like a pretty pretty decent uh card you know, a couple a couple of yeah there's some good fights bouts. in the main card um you said that there, there's a Bellator on Friday, right? Yeah, that's the one with uh, Kimbo Slice versus uh, Ken Shamrock. It's like amazing a fight that would have been interesting about ten years ago, at least. You know? Yeah, right. If not twenty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to tune in for that for sure, man. That's going to be you know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, there's a middleweight uh, title defense too against uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Halsey. Uh, Brandon Halsey. Brandon, yeah, Brandon Halsey against uh, Kendall Grove. Former, yeah. former UFC, uh, actually Ultimate one, one of the guys from Ultimate Fighter, I believe too. I right? want to say he won, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, they're you know, Bellator is getting uh, it's getting interesting over at Bellator because a lot of the dudes who are getting cut from the UFC are finding homes over there. You know, you got yeah. uh, you know Tito Ortiz, um, Stephen Bonner, uh, you know Ken Shamrock, uh, you know Kendall Grove. Uh, Phil, Mr. Wonderful Davis is now at, Bell at Bellator. Yep. So, I mean, it's like definitely interesting because there's, and Davis really, I mean, it's an interesting story with him because he didn't necessarily get cut. He sort of fought out his uh, contract. Right. And just went out on a loss and they didn't renew it. So it's not necessarily the kind of thing where he had like a losing record and they cut him. He just like kind of outsmarted himself with that move. And then he ended up on Bellator. Yeah, he uh, he decided to let his contract run up, and they went into the negotiation pro process with uh, Bellator, and I guess that they had a better offer, and he went back to the UFC with it. They decided not to match it, so he went to the Bell Bellator. I mean, very smart. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's getting interesting over there. I mean, it's um, it's still definitely not on the same level as the UFC, but... With all these, uh, you know, alumnist alumni migrating over there, and now that they have uh, Viacom money, they can they can start to sign guys, you know, that are at a pretty high level. I think at this point, yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, uh, I think Phil Davis could be the future by heavyweight champion, and Phil Davis was really fun when he fought against people who weren't in the top ten when he was a lot more creative. I mean, he has crazy 
you know, his wrestling's good, but then he has really inventive submission skills, yeah. and uh, that's when he was fun to watch. It was this point fighter, Phil Davis, nervous striker guy who just wasn't able to blend at all that was no fun to watch at all. Yeah, his striking was always a little bit on the, the low-level side, I think, you know, and, and uh, I don't know, hopefully, like, in a, in a different arena, like, you know, he'll he'll work on those skills and, like, you know, we'll see some more excitement out of that guy. Yeah, I think so, and... Uh, I mean, like, I haven't been a fan for quite a while at this point, but I am actually looking forward to seeing him in Bellator, um, if only to see really cool submissions. Yeah. Dude, somehow you got to figure out a way to watch Glory, because Glory is, like, my new obsession these last, you know, last year or so. Glory kickboxing. I I meant to watch that last card. Uh, I saw that heavyweight fight. You mentioned a heavyweight fighter to me, and I watched that. Oh, Xavier Vigny? Yes. Yeah, that guy. I'm, I'm going to start following following that dude's career. He's like undefeated, all knockouts. He's just like this brutal, like California guy. He's brutal. Yeah, he he's heavy, heavy hands, man. You know, and it's do, like. Do you think that somebody like that, though, with such a brawling style, do you think he's going to? How, how do you think he's going to compete with the top end of the division? No, I, I mean, yeah, he he's. I just think I just like watching dudes get knocked out, but like, yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have that the same skill level as far as like kickboxing or Muay Thai um, right. as some of the other like guys. Verhoeven or someone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Rico Verhoeven has that whole Dutch lineage. You know, I mean, he's he's like a way more technical striker than uh, you know than, than a guy like Xavier Vigny. But it's fun watching that dude go in there and brutalize people, though. You know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of really good names, man. There's uh, Nikki Holtzkin, um, you know, American, the American Joe Schilling. Like he's, uh, you know, in the middleweight division. That that guy's yep. like been been lighting people up, you know. And uh, yeah, there's 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 some good action, man. I hope it sticks around. Um, you know, it's uh, someone. You know, I mean, I've always been a big fan of, of kickboxing, and and to have a promotion like that around now is like real exciting for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, it picks up the torch where K1 dropped off. So let's talk about this upcoming uh, card we got on Saturday. It's uh, oh, oh, real quick before yeah. we get into that, sure, man. Ken Shamrock, Kimbo Slice. What do you think is going to happen? Oh yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, dude. You know, man. Um, you know that it's it's a hard. I'm trying to think of the of modern Ken Shamrock and modern Kimbo Slice. I I can't stop thinking about how badass those guys were like 15 years ago. But um, all right, Kimbo's got bad knees. Yeah. Ken Shamrock is one hell of a wrestler. All right, I think that if Ken Shamrock can get Kimbo on the ground, I think that Ken Shamrock's going to win. Totally. I mean, the guy's like a totally bottom half submission artist and the bottom half of Kimbo Slice is pretty messed up. Yeah, like he'll leg lock him because like, you know, that that's he's like one of those like catch, shooto wrestler type guys. Classic. Like, yeah, I just think that, you know, he's going to, he'll get, he'll take him down and then that'll be it, you know. Yeah, I mean, at one point, Ken was, his striking wasn't bad at one point. Um, you know, there was a point where I was really happy with him. I felt like he was like putting some things together. It will always ring in my mind as a sore moment of Ken Shamrock because when he quit against Fujita, it was so weird. Yeah. In Pride, he was winning the fight, and then they he was beating him, 
And Fujita had pushed him up against the turnbuckle and was just holding him there with uh, double underhooks, pushing him against it. And uh, he, Ken was talking to his corner and just had him throw in the towel. I don't know if that was like a fix or something. Yeah. But man, that was just like, ah. I mean, it was it, it felt like a dive, you know? And, it, and it, I don't know. I mean, well, you know, I'm not saying that Coker is going to be like, Hey, can you do us a solid at least against Kembo? <laughs> but it sure would be better if Kembo won than it would be if Ken won, I think. Yeah. The, Unless you set up Tito Ken five. <laughs> oh man. Number they're at. I think that yeah, it's four, right? They fought three yeah, times already. The um I mean, you know the thing about Pride Man is that there there is like a reputation of crookedness in that in that uh, organization. Yeah, um, with the Yakuza. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's. I, I read uh, Inoue's uh, biography. And, oh, okay. And yeah, apparently, I mean, not every single fight was a work, but there's a lot of a lot of works that went on during uh, during the Pride years. So that could have been one of them, you know. Yeah. I mean, no one was really making a lot of money back then, so you know, taking a dive here and there might have been like uh, an offer that someone couldn't refuse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean. Man, I wanted to see that fight. I was trying to talk to uh, our friend Thomas Dixie and be like, man, tickets were cheap. They were really cheap. And I don't remember if it's in, like, Oklahoma or somewhere. I mean, it was close enough. Um, I was telling him when it first happened, I was like, hey, let's get some tickets and drive to this. Yeah. Because it's so weird. It's such a circus, you know? It's like, it's so crazy. I mean... <laughs> Ken Shamrock versus Kimbo Slice. You never, I never thought that I, that would exist, and it's not something I ever would hope for. But it's weird enough that I think that some people will check it out. Oh yeah, man! I think it's going to be a big money fight. I mean, I, I remember like a lot of people are going to be check that out, especially like old school fans. And I remember there was some interview with Ken Shamrock where they're like, "Man, what the hell are you doing? You're 51 years old." And he's like, "Hey, I get paid big money to do what I love to do. Why wouldn't I do it?" You know? He's 51? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He just took a bare-knuckle boxing match somewhere, too, in Ireland. How'd that go? I, I you know, I'm, I don't know if it happened already, but I read about it, and I was like, what the fuck is this guy thinking, man? Crazy, man. Yeah, bare-knuckle. It's like his whole life, I guess, so, I mean, he's like, what the hell? I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta, like, give that guy respect, man, because... He's a fucking warrior, dude, you know? And, totally. I mean, you love know. him or hate him. You know, you got to give him respect. Absolutely. I agree, man. You know, I don't, you know, even though, like, I feel like, you know, I was disappointed in that one fight. I mean, he got in there with Fujita and slung leather for 10 minutes. Yeah, man. I can't disrespect that. No. No, I mean, you know, he's just like one of those. So, you know, there, there's going to be a, a book about that dude probably or like a movie about his life. You know what I mean? He's like one of those like, like as MMA becomes more mainstream and more popular with people who are like, you know, sort of the diehard fans. You know, there's, there's, they'll, you know, they're gonna start making movies about these guys. Like when, when Ken's like seventy years old, there's gonna be a yeah. movie about him. You know, in, in his life. You know, in the prime when, uh, years. When Channing Tatum is 50 years old, they're going to make the movie. Dude, uh, I saw that Foxcatcher movie, and he was pretty good in that. Yeah, I saw the last half of that on uh, Plane Ride, yeah. and I liked it. It was really good. It was 
It was good. It was really good. It was sad too. I yeah, mean, that was a powerful movie. Definitely, you know, Steve Carell. Creepy. Yeah. Weird, like prosthetics and stuff. That's who that was, the wolf guy. Yeah, that was Steve Carell. Holy shit! But yeah, That's I was funny. like, he looks like the uh, who's that German guy who's uh, he's in Lebowski in Autobahn. Oh yeah, yeah. Little, and uh, Dancer in the Dark. I, I can never remember that dude's name. I think he's like. Yeah, he's either German or Swedish or something like that. Yeah, they must have taken Steve Carell and be like, "Hey, let's make him look like this guy." Yeah, it could be, man, because I don't know what that <laughs> Dupont guy looks like. So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, he was creepy as heck. Wow, that's awesome. That makes that movie even better. I me, mean, I didn't even know that. Apparently, uh, maybe I just missed his part. Apparently, they took a lot of liberty in that movie as far as like what actually happened, and uh, like a lot of the sort of homoeroticism that they showed in the movie didn't really happen well who's gonna admit that yeah that's true yeah yeah you're right you're talking about dudes who are like probably not you know not really too readily gonna admit something like that yeah what's that no way embellished alright so you were saying on the undercard like I'm not over. I, I'm familiar with like the main guys here on the on the main card but you are saying there's a couple of interesting things going on on the undercard yeah, I mean, let's just look over the bottom of the, the undercard. It's going to be real quick. It's, um, I mean, hey, you know, it's regional and that's cool. And maybe there's going to be some good fights. And I don't know. And, and you know what, man? These guys are in the UFC and they're doing it. So I'm not talking bad about it in that way. I just have no clue who these guys are. Um, the first two fights on the fight pass, you have um, Nolan Tickman. I have no idea who that is. And, of course, I don't know how to pronounce any of these names correctly, but uh, Yao ZQ, I don't know how to say his last name. I don't know, you know, and this one guy, none of these people have Wikipedia pages, and I didn't follow up on uh, Sherdog. They might have some information on there, but I figured if there's nothing on Wiki, I mean, they probably have, like, a very limited amount of fights under their belt. Um, and then uh, John De Los Reyes, Who's on a two-fight uh, losing streak, but is eleven and four, is the only person of note on the fight pass. Uh, and Reyes is in the the flyweight division. Um, going into the prelims above that, you have Ning Guang Yao versus Hoisten Wei, uh, who is four and zero, four and zero overall, undefeated. I mean, I don't know. There must be like some type of hype about this guy because four and zero in the UFC. He's two and zero in the UFC, which means he was two and zero as a pro, and they brought him in. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his background is, but you got to think there's some type of like hope here for a prospect. I, I'm pretty sure he's a flyweight as well. Yeah. Also, they um, you know they might be trying to beef up like the lighter weights too. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean that's like. That's a division that needs it, you know, especially when you have Demetrius Johnson, who, you know, it's thinner than light heavyweight. Uh, uh, I don't know who has a good chance. I guess Dodson in a rematch is going to be very interesting. Yeah. But yeah. once you're past that, I don't know what there is. Yeah, he's beating everyone else. So he's kind of cleaned out that whole division, really, so he needs some new blood. Oh, um... Crap! What's that guy who didn't used to make weight? He's oh, um, yeah, the, the Mexican guy. He's Mexican or Brazilian? He's he's Mexican. Uh, he's a wrestler. 
Lineker. Uh, no, not Lineker, because oh, he's back up at 135. Um, his last name begins with a C. I can't remember it. Uh, anyways, um, he'll be challenging soon, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, continuing on with the prelims here, Li Jingliang, he has no wiki, versus Diego Lima. His last loss was to uh, Tim Means, so this is at welterweight. He fights out of American Top Team Georgia. He's 13-3. Okay. and three. Uh, I guess, I know he has a brother, Diego Lima. Uh, I can't remember what his brother's name is, but he either fights in Bellator or he fights in uh, a lighter division. Um, but Means is on a streak right now. I don't know if you've seen some of his fights. Uh, you probably have seen him. Um, I don't know if you remember his name. He's a uh, great uh, Muay Thai uh, infighting, like real tight uh, standing elbows, like standing elbow rocking people with them. Really nice stuff. Um, uh, Zhang Peng versus Kajan Johnson. I mean, again, people, I have no clue who this is. Uh, Zhang Peng is the UFC China Ultimate Fighter winner. Um, I want to say that he actually lost his last fight, and he's nine and eight. I mean, wow. Uh, I know, like China doesn't have like a very strong mixed martial arts background yet, but when some, I mean, you know, people go on streaks and they fight in different divisions and things happen in their careers that a. And numbers don't always tell the story. I mean, I think Mark Hunt is like 10, 10, and 1 now in MMA. And obviously we all know that, I mean, the guy has some great wins uh, and has some tough losses like Fedor. Um, but we're not in that sort of like weird era anymore. And 9 and 8 is sort of a crazy record to have and also be a TUF winner. Like, yeah. I, that wouldn't happen in the States. No. Um. Last on the, the prelims is Tai Hyun Bang versus John Tuck. And John Tuck was a hopeful two in the Ultimate Fighter. I don't remember what season he was in. Um, he's 10 and 2, and I think he lost once in the UFC. Uh, they were hopeful of him, but he didn't look like he really, uh, I don't know, sort of stepped up to the level that they thought he was going to be at. And then it's the beginning of the main card. Yeah, it's it's tough to make picks on the prelims since we don't know fucking anything about these guys. Pretty much. I mean, you know, it's sad that I would say anybody without a regional name, I would probably pick against. I mean, um, just because they're, they're, they're camps a lot of the time. I mean, I would have to look, too. I mean, I, I'm going out of limb there saying that. You know, I don't know. These guys might be over at Tiger Muay Thai at this point. You know, one of these guys is actually at ATT China. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't know how good that camp is. I don't know what what trainers are over there. Um, it's just they're not. Overall, when you look at the whole sample size, it, we're not talking about individuals that are in the same level as their U.S. counterparts yet. Yeah, I think they can make it there definitely. Um, but they're just not there yet, so it's not a, you know it's not a level playing field. Just like when you know Pride merged and everyone who came over from Japan just didn't add up to the same level. Yeah, I agree with that definitely. Um, at the 
on the main card, we have Marka Diva versus Levon Macasvili. I don't know. I mean, there that's a it. tough last name. I don't know anything about either of those guys. Uh, moving up next, from here on, I care about the card. It's, it's, they got some good fights. We got Felipe Nover. Yep. Uh, he fights t- uh, Team Henzo. He fights over at, uh, he trains at Church Street Boxing also. Yeah. In New York City. And, uh, He's fighting against the South Korean uh, Yu Chul Nam, who's eighteen and four. Nover's ten and five. Um, you know, he had some issues in the UFC, and he had he had like a seizure before one of his fights in the UFC. And uh, they thought he was going to win the Ultimate Fighter, and he lost against. I can't remember any Mexican names. That's that's crazy because you're um, Mexican. What was that guy's name? He was a wrestler who we lost against, and, uh, you know, I mean, the whole internet just crucified this guy because Dana White said, I think he's the next GSP Anderson Silva. Oh, man. And it's like, you know, ah, man, talk about some crushing hyperbole. I mean, mean, you can't live up to that, (laughs) you know? He didn't say this about John Jones. He didn't say this about Chris Weidman or anyone. You know, he says it about poor Felipe Nover. You know, on Ultimate Fighter, and people are just like, ha ha, you're not Anderson Silva. Well, it's like, no kidding. You know, only Anderson Silva is Anderson Silva. You know, it's really funny, though. It's like, I can't, Weidman, it's funny that there was no hype around Weidman at all when he defeated Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? No like, one wanted it to happen. Yeah, it was like, you know, people recognized him as a, as a, you know, his record spoke for itself, but there was no, you know, he's not a flashy guy. He's like pretty, pretty quiet for the most part. And there was no build-up to him becoming champ. He just took it. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty amazing. It's, it's crazy when you think about that. You know, like there's there's like lots of hype machines out there, but Weidman, who will probably end up holding on to the title for a while, I think, had like came out of nowhere basically. You know, for for the people who weren't following his career. Totally, it was it was like less of a even Frankie Edgar scenario where when Edgar first beat BJ Penn, it was like. Uh, that was controversial. Let's have him fight again. And then it was like, whoa, he did it. That's it. Uh, with Weidman, you know, the first one, Anderson Silva was acting like an asshole. Yeah. You know, quite frankly, he was doing his crazy, I'm moving around, I'm playing mind games with you, but to a level we'd never seen before, and it bit him in the ass. And then the second fight, you know, the destruction, and his uh, leg got bitten to it was horrible that was a horrible thing man but Weidman was you know having his way with him like brutally his grounded down he was just getting him yeah Uh, Weidman would have knocked him out I think eventually in that second the rematch I mean he he was I think so yeah he was he was like pretty much manhandling him but uh he was I didn't see Silva really I mean I'm biggest Silva fan in the world I I wasn't seeing him turn her around. I mean, you know, just like with BJ Penn, I'm <laughs> oh, BJ a fight Ross that fight. I did not want to talk about whatsoever when we get to the Edgar <laughs> yeah. favorite fight. But um, you know, same thing with Silva. You know, you saw him saw him go downhill, and then you got all the things going on now. Um, and his uh, his hearing keeps getting pushed back. Now it's getting pushed back till June. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I, um, I think Weidman broke him in that that defeat, man, the first fight. And and the thing is, it's like I kind of feel the real the real thing we'll never know the answer to is before Weidman knocked him out, he was starting to trade with him standing up, and Anderson was like starting to uh, beat up his legs, you know. And who knows if, if Anderson Silva had kept his hands up and moved his head more the right way, how that exchange would have ended up. Yeah. And because uh, at that point, I don't know if Weidman had ever really, you know, I don't, I don't think he could have stood with Anderson Silva at that particular point in time. You know, but after getting after that knockout, I think it just it just took his his, uh, his spirit away or something, man, because he just. Even that fight with Nick Diaz, like you do, it was kind of like it wasn't really the same, you know. Yeah, watching that fight, I mean, I was nervous, and I never would have been nervous before. Yeah, uh, and maybe that was a incorrect emotion, you know, based on logic and facts. But watching it, I was just like, "Oh God, what's gonna, is what is something bad going to happen?" Yeah. You know, uh, I just didn't know. And thankfully it didn't. And then the post-fight results were even worse. Yeah. You know, with, you know, of course Diaz pops for weed. I mean, it's like, come on, man. And uh, then the Silva bombshell. I mean, the, I mean, ah, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy saying, I, I think I understand. You know, I mean, we're talking about somebody who was a champion, world champion, broke records, was amazing, and then. His leg broke, and he's just trying to get back. I think he's just trying to get back into the game, and he wanted to heal, and he's older, and he's like, you know, I'm going to use these things to help me get better quicker, and it will, you know, he got busted. Yeah. The thing is, you know, it's funny with Diaz and, and getting popped for weed. I, I, that's so hypocritical that he gets crucified for weed and John Jones I mean this is like a dead horse at this point I know and he's done worse yeah. things since then but like John Jones getting nabbed for cocaine and you know getting like a, a slap on the wrist and going to rehab for a day and, and not really getting any kind of like consequence for that you know but well at this point though I mean you know three strikes and he was out yeah at this point yeah forget about it you know yeah and he's not even like a horse anymore. He's like a a horse ghost, and uh, Bill Murray's there zapping him with the beam. <laughs> the funny thing, another another new detail is that uh, they discovered that there were uh, a, a box of condoms in John's <laughs> John's uh, rented Range Rover. So uh, he was, you know, he was probably getting some action on the side too. Aside from. <laughs> Oh, man, he's married, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. It's just looking oh, worse and worse for that dude. God, man. You know, he was, like, getting high. He had, like, a big wad of cash, you know, and, like, condoms. Jesus, that <laughs> guy, man. And now there's all these rumors. I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But what if his mind's not in it anymore, you know? Uh, like, my my buddy, Chad Smith, not the... Not the real chili pepper. <laughs> he's one of my coworkers. <laughs> uh, he's like, you know, hey man. He's like, you. This guy's going to rehab. And they're going to break him down like he's never been broken before. How's he going to come out? I don't know. And now this is, you know, Dana, the manager. They're saying, well, we don't know if John's going to come back. I mean, God, that'd 
going to be a really shitty end. I mean, as much as I think a lot of people talk shit about John Jones, I mean, the guy's athleticism and his ability is amazing. Um, but, I mean, you know, we talk about Anderson Silva, and people are like, well, you know, he, he did PEDs once. What if we did it before? I mean, what if John was on cocaine in all of his fights, you know? <laughs> yeah, he was just high throughout his whole career. Just high as shit. Who knows? I don't know. I don't even know what that would do. I have no clue, you know? Never done it. Don't I don't know. Yeah, man, I, I, don't, I don't know either, man. Yeah, you know, and, and John really, man, he, he was pretty invincible, man. He, like, dispatched everyone. You know, even D.C., like a guy that I thought actually had a chance of beating him. He, you know, pretty pretty uh, definitively, you know, defeated him. Definitely. I mean, it wasn't the great fight like we thought it would be, no. but, hey, it was better than uh, uh, Mayweather, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, I, I don't even think that was a bad fight. It just wasn't the kind of fight that I, I find that interesting, really. Like, I find it interesting watching a, a boxer box, like, use head movement and move, you know, just... I mean, Mayweather is a master of movement, man. That that dude moves like a like a gazelle, you know? His head movement and his footwork is, is really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's not the fight that everyone, you know, people uh, that a lot of people don't regularly watch combat sports. They have a different idea, I think, about what a boxing match is going to be. You know, they think it's going to be like, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg duking it out with somebody, you know, his hands down and people getting popped in the face constantly, you know, just these big shots all the time, as opposed to like a guy who actually you know, moves around and avoids getting hit, you know, and that's not what, like, your typical layman to the sport is, is going to want to watch, and that's what people are, are reacting to, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, and people who don't know what Mayweather fights are usually like, yeah. you know? I mean, the guy never gets hit, that's that's why he's, what, 49-0 and 0 or something like that? Man, his, uh, I think it's less than that, because he still is below... Who's he below? Marciano or something? He's in the high 40s, man. I know that. He's almost tied with the greatest undefeated record. I want to say it's Marciano. Okay. I don't know. I I might be wrong. Yeah. Uh, One thing that that was really funny or interesting about the hype to that, uh, this is only, you know, one individual, but I asked uh, my fiance, Christy, uh, hey, I'm going to watch the, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather fight. You interested in watch coming over and watching it over at our friend uh, Joe Romano's and she was like no I'm not interested at all <laughs> and I was like well it's you know it's supposed to be a it's an important fight she's like yeah I'm not interested in, in, in watching a boxing fight I'm like well you watch an MMA fight she's like yeah but boxing is just two dudes standing in front of each other punching each other in the head she's like there's no takedowns or submissions or anything and she's like that's stupid uh, I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, and I think that, you know, I mean, she's not a, a big fight fan or anything, but, you know, to, for someone to just look at it and be like, well, there's a lot of different aspects to a fight than just punching, you know. Yeah. And uh, I understand boxing is a pure sport, and it's, it's a one discipline. But uh, I, even myself, after I left watching that fight, I decided I'm not into I mean, you know, hey, kickboxing is different, but I'm not into one-discipline fights where it's like one, you know, you only can use your hands. 
I mean, I would never watch kickboxing if it was just kicking, you know? Yeah, if you, you couldn't punch, you could just throw kicks. Yeah. Just kicks, yeah. So we're going to watch a kicking fight. Like, <laughs> I, I, it would seem silly, right? Yeah. No, I, I don't. I'm not a huge boxer. I mean, I, I enjoy the sport, like, casually, you know, because once again, like, for me, like, you know, I love glory, but I wish it had tie rules instead of, like, the K1 rules that they have. You know, the, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there was, like, more extensive, um, you know, clinching and, and, you know, knees and things like that, knees in the clinch and elbows. Like, that's. You know, I find that more interesting because so, even even in the clinch, there's a lot of like Greco style grappling that goes on in like Muay Thai rules. Um, Does um, I'm unfamiliar with this, and, and you're def- you definitely know a lot more than me on this. Um, does Glory have the same rules as K1, where you can't do? I mean, I know you have gloves on, but like a double collar tie. I don't know if that if that's illegal or not. Um, all I know is that the rules are similar to the K1 rules where they break you in the clinch. You have like five seconds in a clinch and that's it. And then they separate. Man. You know, and like that's, I mean, you know, I, I love watching clinch work, you know, like like lion fights is like tie rules. And there's like brutal, yeah, brutal elbows and like, you know, sweeps and stuff like that. And, you know, and um, it's scored just like a fight in Thailand. You know, and and the glory fights are, are not scored the same way, and the rules are different. You know, and uh, you know even even a guy like Mayweather, you know, all of his movement and stuff, you would never be able to do that even in like a K one style fight with the leg kicks and everything. You know, like he's got that leg out front, and like his ducking and all right. that stuff. You get hit with like leg kicks and knees and all these other crazy things. So a lot of that movement is gone. You know. But yeah, just boxing doesn't really grab me as much as it, you know, and it's not a big thing for me really, but I, I do watch it occasionally. Did you see that uh Canelo fight this weekend? No, not yet, like- man. I was uh you know, I was yeah, that I it's it's you can still watch it on HBO, so I'm probably gonna watch it eventually. I heard it was pretty awesome though. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I heard it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So who do you got, Nover? Uh, you know, I don't know enough about this other guy, Nam. Um, I'd like Nover to win. I mean, I'm going with him. I don't know, he seems like a nice guy. He's like he was like a nurse. He yeah. uh, he fights uh, Henzo Church Street. I think he used to fight with um. Uh, what's that crew that Jacqueline went over to one time? Oh, uh, Phil Nurse, the Watt. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that he works with Nurse. Um, he wears sunglasses when he walks into the fight. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's with Team you know, Henzo. I, mean, I so. hope he wins. You know what I mean? The guy went out of the UFC. He got hyped up too hard and, and lost a couple tough fights. And, you know, I, I like when people, you know, like he's coming back, you know. He deserves uh, a win would be good for him. You know, I think that if this this Nam guy loses, he has something good for him. You know, he's like... He's from South Korea, so he's from a different market. So if they go back to South Korea, they'll pick him up again. Whereas, you know, Nover, he fought in uh, Bellator, and I, I think he might have been two and two. I want to say he got he lost a really, really, really poor decision. And uh, the other one he lost against, uh, God, I just looked at this, but oh, Marcin Held, who uh, I want to say just won a tournament or is like lined up for a a, a title fight um, so it's like you know no shame in that man you know losing against a contender 
So I wish the best for Nover. I, I don't have a real grasp on what this fight will be, but I, I hope that Nover can win. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the fact is with Team Henzo is a big uh, big plus for me. You know? Totally, man. But uh, the next fight on this is interesting. I, I think it's... I don't know if it's the first fight since Hyung Gai Lim is back, but uh, this is the same guy who went five rounds with uh, Tarek Sefadine so long ago. Um, and man, this guy got his legs destroyed. Seventeen has like brutal leg kicks and this guy yeah. was hopping around on one leg and then like started raging in like the fifth round or something and came forward. He's a huge welterweight. Um and started tagging Sephadine and was just hopping around on one leg. It was crazy. Um I always have a lot of respect for somebody like I mean the amount of heart this guy has and zero quit in him, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Um and he's fighting against Neil Magny who he uh, fights out of Grudge, which I think is in Colorado. Yes. Um, and uh, he's on a six-fight win streak. It's nothing super amazing, the win streak. I mean, it sort of reminds me of uh, Brian Ebersole, who had, like, a similar win streak, you know, I don't even know, maybe a few years ago. And it was like, is this weirdo going to get a title shot soon? It's Because yeah. <laughs> he was... You know, you, you get so many wins. It's like, is this really going to happen? It'd be so strange. That's and that's Mac a fine is. and that's a fine example of like how your record really is. It's more like who you beat, I think, in the UFC than your your actual number of wins and losses. Definitely. I mean, you could beat numbers thirty to you know eleven, and you're not going to get a title shot. No. You got you got you got to start fighting people in the top five, and that's kind of like why why Ebersol is kind of like languished in obscurity. I think definitely. Oh God, I remember the Ebersol one that just destroyed me was against Chris Lytle. Chris Lytle was one fight away from a title shot, and that is like someone who's just he's a gamer. You know, he had been around forever. He, I think, he really should have won that Ultimate Fighter against uh, Matt Sarah. Yeah, uh, it was an ugly fight. And Lytle, after that fight, he was like, you know what? I didn't do enough. I didn't go out on my shield. I didn't fight hard enough. And after that, he became like this maniac, just like winging, like crazy maelstrom of whirling dervish tornado insanity. And uh, it was beautiful to watch. He was great. I loved it. It was awesome. But then Ebersol... I maybe took him lightly or something, and he got taken down and grounded, pounded. He was literally, I think, one fight away from getting a title shot, if not two. It was so close, and just to see that end there was really a bummer. A little off the subject, but um, Magni versus Lim. It's a good fight. Yeah, I mean, totally. you know, it's it's going to be interesting because I don't know that Lim is super strong, big. So is Magny. Um, and Magny is like, you know, a range fighter, more of a top control type of dude. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's Realistically, it's the type of fight that Magny is going to do what he does and probably get a decision where it's, like, exciting in the first round or middle round. But he gets, like, top control too many times and it's... There you go, 30-27. Um, 
he's just not an exciting fighter and, and like he's not a boring fighter um there's just nothing about him where I'm like oh he excels in this way he's a jack of all trades guy I mean he's good for him six fight win streak you know you beat some tough guys um I think Alex Garcia who people thought could be moving up horrible gas tank but vicious fighter um but Hyung Lim doesn't have a quit in him and has a good gas tank went five rounds with Cephedine so maybe Magni could be in for a long night but I, I don't know who do, you, who do you think I'm going to pick Magni by decision I mean I feel like both of these guys are, are it's a toss up almost but I, I feel like Magni is going to edge him out in a decision but it's going to be a, 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 a good fight though a lot of back and forth I think yeah, you're, I, mean, I think they're definitely even, and I think Magny is more of the tried-and-true, tested, top-15 type dude. Yeah. Whereas Lim, I don't know that he has any, like, signature wins in the UFC yet. And I want to say he's maybe 2-1 and one or something like that. So... How about this next fight, man? Oh, yeah, man. This is... This is... I'm, this is the one I'm worried about, actually. You know? It's like uh, Mark, Mark Munoz versus uh, Luke Barnett at yep. the middle, middleweight. And um, it's kind of a do-or-die situation for, for Barnett because he's lost his last two. So he's yep. getting into that red zone of, uh, you know, racking up too many losses and being in danger of being cut. You know what I'm saying? Like, And uh, this is Munoz's uh, retirement fight. He's going out. Do you think that he's really going to do that? He sold Rain Gym, man. He shut down That's his right. gym. And I, I feel like this is it for him, man. He, he announced his retirement, and this is going to be his last fight. Did you read that article over at MMA Fighting? It was awesome. Yeah. It was so good. That's where um, I got a lot of my information was from MMA Fighting, actually, about Mark nice. Rain I want to say Melter wrote that or somebody, but it was really good, and it was interesting how it talked about everyone who was over there and everywhere that they went. I thought it was a really, really, really good article. And I've never been a Munoz fan. I've never thought that he was anything special. I never got it. I was like, I don't understand. Like, oh, my God, it's the Filipino wrecking machine. Like, oh, you know what, man? It's either he's the dude who got head kick KO'd by Mark Hamill. Or he's the 185-pound rip dude who got head kicked by Mark Hamill, you know? I just never saw anything super awesome in, awesome in him. I thought that Maya beat him when they fought each other. Um, I don't know. I just I I never really have, have seen like the hype, and yet it seems like one of those dudes that they've always been like brutal ground and pound. You know, uh, he's gonna he's in the title hunt, and, and I, I never I never saw him you know get that high. But because of like reading that article, I was like, wow, man, this is a really Amazing human being. Yeah, he's like a, a well-regarded guy, and I think a lot of it is like his personality. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. you know, he he run he you know he, he ran Rain Gym and everything, and he had just like a really good sort of character, and that's why a lot of people respected him. And also, he's American too, but the Filipinos, you know, he's Filipino American. So it's not like he's from the Philippines, but the Filipino fans like love him though. You know. But oh yeah, totally. I, I think just because based on, on on Munoz's last few fights, I think Barnett's going to beat him, man. 
I could see Barnett throwing like a flying knee or something off the jump and just like smoking him. Yeah. You know, he just, um, Munoz's days, I think, are, are, his best days are past, just in my opinion, you know. Definitely. Uh, it's, you know, it's sad. I mean, I don't wish anything bad against the guy. He's on a three fight losing streak. Um, who was that last fight that he lost? That was, that was pretty, oh, oh, uh, Juan Carnero. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. That was so crazy. You know, and, and it's just, um, I think it's, you know, maybe it's, it's, he's probably been hit too many times in the head, you know, and I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, I feel like it's over for him, you know. And it's just, yeah. there's something creepy about announcing your last fight and be like, all right, I'm going out on, on this, this note here. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're setting yourself up for this, like, major catastrophe or something, you know? Oh, I can only imagine what the stress is of that, you know? Um, I remember that I saw the final show of this band one time, and they were, like, phenomenal. Every other time I saw them, phenomenal. And then the last show, just, it wasn't the best show I'd ever seen them do. And, you know... I can only imagine it's the same way as a fighter. You know, yeah. you go up there and you're standing up there and you're like, this is it. I mean, that's got to be running through your head every second of every minute of whatever amount of time elapses. That's a lot of pressure. Absolutely, man. You know, and it's like knowing that like the next day it's all over. You're never going to do it again. Yeah. I mean, that is crushing pressure. And, uh, you know, I wish the best for Minos, but on the same, I mean, you know, I don't know if Barnett can pull off some amazing finish. I mean, he gets a name on his record. I mean, the guy's 8-2, so he's undefeated before these last two fights, and these last two fights were split decision losses. So, he was exciting before. What's his name? Big Ugly. Oh, yeah. He's a... Uh, He's long. He's yeah. He looks good on the Ultimate Fighter, and he looked good in these two fights after that in the UFC. Um, it's a tough fight. You know, it's one of those fights where I don't want either guy to lose. Yeah, because I like both of those dudes. You know, but it, you know, I'm gonna be uh, you know checking that one out, and I just I just hope Mark Munoz doesn't get hurt. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like what's the mindset I have about it. You know. Because when he, Machida knocked him out, he got rocked by that spinning back kick, and spinning turning side kick that he hit him with. I think it was a head kick. Yeah, but it was like a spinning technique that he threw at him, though. Or was it a head kick? Oh, who am I thinking of? I think it was of? a straight head kick. I think you're thinking of Vitor uh, Rockhold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vitor, Mr. fucking Taekwondo now. <laughs> it's like suddenly he's like spinning head kicking people, you know. But yeah, actually, now that I'm visualizing it, yeah, it was just a straight up head kick. Apparently, the, the first T in uh, the replacement therapy stands for Taekwondo. <laughs> uh, the co-main dude, uh, you Gig, know, Gig Armasasi. Yeah, yeah, Gig Costa. Yeah, Gig Armasasi versus uh, Costa Philippi, man. That's that's going to be a good fight. Um, you know, Philippi is from Cyprus. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought he was American. I knew he had some funny accent. Me too. But he's, uh, I mean, he lives in Long Island, I think. He lives it. Yeah, he used to train at, uh, with, um, Sarah Longo. 
But now he's right. Then he left, and it, I thought it was a bad decision. And shit, he might think so too now. Yeah, they're they're on a tear, man. They got they got a good they got a good camp over there. It seems like he probably thought, you know, yeah, he was in the title hunt at that point, and was like, you know what, I'm about to fight Weidman at some point. Let's get out of this. Yeah, yeah. you know, Philip who's not one of those guys where I just I've never seen it. I've never believed it. Uh, I mean. The guy's a wrecking machine. I mean, uh, I have no uh, keyboard warrior, you know, like couch opinion on on this. Like, I, I realize fully this guy's a wrecking machine, but he's a boxer. Yeah. Um, and I, I've just never seen the the next level. I feel like Musasi, you know, he doesn't have good wrestling. I don't think Philippu does either. No, um, Philippu is you know, horrible. About on the, the upper echelon. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I mean, these guys are top ten for a reason. I mean, I'm not di- di- disputing that whatsoever. But um, yeah, I don't know. Philip Pudi's a boxer. Uh, that Tim Bosch fight, oh, he got a TKO, but he poked Bosch in the eyes like a thousand times. Um, then he lost to Carmel yeah, and uh, Rockhold. Then he knocked out Lorenz Larkin. Yeah, and Larkin went down to welterweight. Um. Musasi, he subbed Munoz, lost to Jacare, and then uh, TKO Dan Henderson. And I don't, I feel like that fight, that was last January. That's crazy. Um, how, I mean, right? Was that last January or is that this January? Which one are you talking about? Dan Henderson? Hindo Musasi. Yeah, that was like last, last year. That was a while ago. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know what he's been doing, but uh, I want to say that that fight was like not definitive for some reason. I felt like the the TKO was a little weird, but um, he's one of those guys. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever questioned Philip Poo's work ethic, but Musasi, like every fight, they're like, does this guy actually care to fight? I mean, to train? I mean, he he fights. Of course he fights, and he's 36 and 5. I mean, you know. Just, but people know he's like, ah, I didn't train that hard for this fight, and you're like, why? I'm uh, I would tell you who I want to win, and that would be uh, Costa Philippu. Okay. However, I feel deep down that Musasi might win this fight. How do you think? I think it's going to be come down to groundwork. Even though I know, uh, even though Musasi's not a renowned wrestler, I think that Philippu's ground game is so lacking that Musasi might be able to beat him on the ground somewhere. Yeah, Musasi's a pretty good uh, ground uh, specialist. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, Philippu's been in some bad situations on the ground before. Yeah. Bad meaning, like, bad defense. Like, no defense, almost. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, his last loss... To uh to Rockhold, um, you know we're talking about another tall, savvy submission artist, and I think that Musasi is probably pretty long too at 185 and yeah, and, you know good submissions. Yeah, but I mean losing to Rockhold is no. I mean a lot of you know Rockhold is is on a big play. He's on a big tear right now. You know what I mean? You know you can't really fault somebody for losing to like what I 
considered to be probably the number one contender at this point, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, shoot, man. I mean, you know, Jacare is amazing, but, you know, two two submissions against uh, Kamosi don't, you yeah. know, unfortunately pump you up far enough. As, as great as those submissions were, that arm bar was amazing. Yeah. But, you know, I think Luke Rockhold has is, is got a good, you know, contention going on. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of people are going to back him as the number one shot when it comes down to it, you know, after after the Vitor-Weidman fight. Oh, definitely. And I look forward to that for sure. Um, looking at Musasi's wins, I mean, the guy's just 36 fights, man. I mean... That's a lot. The 36 wins, excuse me, 41 fights. Yeah. You know, perhaps because he didn't train super hard for a lot of them, I mean, he might just be entering his prime if he wants to enter his prime. I don't know. I I don't know where he's training or what he's doing now. Um, But, I mean, looking at the type of people that Musasi's beat, I think that he should should be able to beat Philippu. Yeah. Yeah. Philippu... I want to say he was supposed to rematch, um, oh God, uh, uh, Uriah Hall. Oh yeah. I, I think that was supposed to happen, but it didn't happen because nope. uh, Philip who got injured, yep. and then Hall fought some other guy, some like random guy in Boston or something. Yeah, I remember that fight. That's the thing about Philip who and his move away from the Longo Sarah camp. It's like. I feel like he should have stuck it out there and just got good at jiu-jitsu with, with Matt Serra. You know, he should have just trained hard on his ground game and wrestling, you know, and just that, because that's really a huge hole. Because, I mean, he's got great hands. He's, like, he's always in great condition, you know. And uh, I think that he just needs to, to, to develop that ground game. And I think that he would, you know, I, I would take him a little more seriously. Definitely. I, I have no idea where he's at now, but I think you're totally right with that. Yeah. You know, he should have stuck with somewhere that had a great ground game. Yeah, I don't really know where he is. He's at some, like, kickboxing camp now or something, I think. Yeah, I think this is like a straight kickboxing place. <laughs> you know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So now that leaves us with the main event, which is actually a yeah. very, very, very exciting Holy fight. Holy smokes. Very exciting fight. When I, when I first heard this announced... I was like, what the fuck? You know, you're, it's uh, Frankie Edgar versus Uriah Faber at featherweight, both at 145. Uriah making the jump from 135 to 145. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of uh, conjecture as to whether or not this is going to be Faber's new home or if this might just be a one-off, like, super fight situation. I think it depends on the outcome. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, two guys that are very similar, man. And they're both like these little dudes, excellent wrestlers, just also uh, work work machines, like guys who just don't get tired. And, um, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm real interested in this fight. You know what I mean? You what know, a five-round fight, man. Holy shit. You know, favorite. Like just thinking about that, when you're talking about it, you're like, you know, you're, you're like, their cardio, their wrestling. They're, yeah. I'm like... Holy shit, man! You were right. Like five rounds of this. I really hope that it lasts. Like, I mean, I'm a little worried that Faber's moving up again, and of course, Edgar. You know, all the 
uh, long reigning, I guess, lightweight champion. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a tough fight for Faber. It's really oh, tough. Oh yeah, totally. But also, the only people that have ever defeated Faber are champs. It's like Barrow yeah. and uh, and Dominic Cruz. I mean, he has not lost except for those guys, really. So, yeah, I mean, he lost against uh, Mike Brown when he um, when he lost his belt. I think. Uh, and then, aside from that, his only other loss was oh god, I used to be a fan of that guy, uh, Griffin. Uh, god, I can't remember his first name. But um, yeah, I mean, Faber, man, he's tried and true. You know, they're they're only like title. They're like t- all title sort of defense situations or title Pretty situations. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. The majority. And also, Faber's not sucking weight. He's not cutting weight to get down to 135. He's like more, less, you know, less dehydrated. You know, the weight cut's not there. But then again, Frankie's weight cut's not there either. Frankie's probably about 150 pounds all the time. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of angles to this fight. You know, a lot of, a mean, lot, you know, a lot of sort Eggers. of ways to I mean, look at where do you think people where do you think people have the edges what's that where do you think each guy has the edge I think Uriah is probably a better wrestler than Frankie and Frankie might be better with submissions though and Frankie is definitely a better boxer totally agree like he's probably the bet one of the probably one of the top five boxers in, the, in all of the UFC is Frankie Definitely, you know, straight up. His like footwork hands. and his boxing is just in his head movement. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean maybe not his head movement because he tends to get tagged quite a few times. Yeah, um, but yeah, his he yeah he's his boxing is amazing. Um, I think where it's really interesting is you get Edgar who's like opportunistic in his shots, like uh, his wrestling shots. Yeah, and you get Faber, who is an amazing scrambler. I mean, that's where yep. this guy gets all submissions or just crazy scrambles. Uh, Edgar obviously has sublime submission defense. I mean, the guy's never been submitted, and he's been in some crazy, crazy places before. With um, I wish I remember that Griffin's guy's name. He had him in a knee bar, and it was it was brutal. And uh, you know, I think uh, BJ had his back, which was like, you know, yeah. used to be the coup de gras. <laughs> you know, the guy would just, that'd be it. You'd be done. And I remember he had it, and I'm like, it's over. And it was like, no, it wasn't over. I mean, he's amazing. So you got two guys who are crazy scramblers, crazy cardio, but Edgar definitely has better boxing. Oh, yeah. But then again, Uriah is like a Mack truck, though, with his takedowns. Like, he just runs over people, too, man. And that's the thing. It's like... I think that he's probably more physical than Frankie. Yeah. He's a stronger guy, and you're, and Faber fights like a power fight. You know what I mean? That power, yeah, he's got like that drive, you know, like how Koscheck used to have that power double. Yeah. Man. You know, it's and beautiful. That's, that's like, if it's going to go one way or the other, that's going to be like a big point in this fight is Uriah's... You know, sort of like freight train takedown domination. You know, the way he just like throws people on the ground and starts elbowing them in the face. Like that's that's kind of like you know the one. It's, it can go that way too, or it could or it could be. Frankie has awesome takedown defense, and it's all standing, and then Frankie just picks him apart. 
Lights him up, yeah. You know, just dots him up and, and wins by decision or knocks him out. Yeah. It's I mean, a really tough fight to call, man. It really is. Yeah, I think I think I would definitely have to go with Edgar just because I think he's bigger. I think that he's just as strong. He's going to have fantastic takedown defense. He's fought in way bigger dudes, you know, like Henderson. Yeah, at 140, 155. He's fought at 155, at yeah. lightweight, you know. You know, he fought Henderson, who fought at 170. Yeah, I mean, 170, you know. Now, granted, Henderson was like kind of like a small 170, but he still oh, for sure. went up to 170. You know, he fought uh, Jose Aldo, you know, recently. I mean, that's, he lost to Jose Aldo, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think he won two rounds, though. Yeah, you know. Which is more than Faber did, that's for sure. That's true, yeah. See, now, now, there you go. Now, this is another metric, you know, to look at it. So I, Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go with Edgar. Um, I like Faber. He grew on me, definitely. His last fight was pretty tough to watch, though, against Francisco Rivera, where he just poked him in the eye mercilessly. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a Uriah Faber fan, and it, it's with uh, a heavy a heavy heart that I actually have to give my pick to Frankie. Yeah. And I, but I love Frankie, too, though. That's the thing. It's like, this is the fight of the two of the nicest guys in the UFC. Right. And two of the guys who are like two of my, you know, both of those guys are like probably my top 10 favorites, really. They're definitely within the top 10, those two guys. So for me, it's really hard to, to decide, but I'm, I'm just going to have to go with Frankie just on like, he's got more options, I think. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, hey, man. Oh, my God. Faber, what, what a, you know, I mean, sure, Edgar fights and has fought in two divisions, but Faber just like being like, all right, I'm going to fight 135. All right, I'm going to fight at 145. Only fights at 145, he fights the number one guy. The number two guy, I mean, man, I have so much respect for a human being challenging themselves in such a manner. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's like world class. Also, Uriah Faber went to Abu Dhabi without having any belt ranking in jiu-jitsu at all. Really? Yeah, that's like years ago. It's in his book. Oh wow! I like, should read that. You know, as a wrestler and and based on his MMA experience, he he went to compete in Abu Dhabi. Is that invite only? Yeah. That's awesome. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I I don't remember how how he did, but but I mean, that's like the top of the top. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So. That's awesome. So there you have it, man. UFC Fight Night. The Manila Thriller. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Thriller in Manila. There you go. But this is the Manila Thriller, though. It's not, you know, it's a different fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Who is that? Ghostface or somebody? Or like, well, it, man? I, wasn't that like the, uh, like, fucking Muhammad Ali or some shit? The, uh, oh, for sure. But I'm thinking of that Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, uh, yeah. Ghostface. Yeah, probably, yeah. It might so, even been ODB. I can imagine it being all crazy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, man. So that's uh, that's our uh, our picks for UFC Fight Night Manila, and uh, we're going to continue to do this. I don't know if we're going to do all eight of these upcoming UFCs, but uh, you know, you pretty much can expect a, uh, a one of these episodes to drop with our picks. Definitely the uh, the more interesting ones. You know what I mean? Like we got like. Uh, 
you know, title defenses and things like that on the line coming up in the next next couple months. Yeah. Oh my God. You know that Rumble fight? I think that's next Saturday, right? Dude. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm actually I'm playing a show in Maine, so I don't even know how I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna be able to watch it live, but uh, you know, I'm gonna watch that immediately the fastest I can. That's gonna be a bittersweet fight, regardless of who wins, because. You're never really going to know who's the champ. I mean, I know, like, on paper, whoever wins that fight is going to be the middle, you know, the um, light heavyweight champion. But you don't know. Like, you can't really, I mean, it's such a hard position to be in, man, because both of these guys did everything the right way. You know, they, you know, were professionals, and John Jones was a creep and fucked up, and now no one was going to know what the outcome of that fight was going to be. It's going to be real bad if uh, Rumble loses. Yeah, definitely. You know, and even if you rematch John, I mean, like you were saying earlier, if John Jones comes back, he's not going to be the same John Jones. You know, he might be a shadow of who he is. You never, you don't fucking know. You're going to go to rehab and you're going to get destroyed. And, you know, he might just, uh, like you said, you know, might never come back, you know? That'd be horrible. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that one, man. And of course, oh, and dude, Weidman Vitor. Yeah, I was just gonna say, man, our boy Chris Weidman and our boy Vitor Belfort are fighting finally. TRT tour, man. I can't wait to see it. TRT tour, you know. And uh, I don't know. Just says a little, little. What's your initial feelings about that one, man? I mean. I really hope it's a good fight. You know, uh, I don't know what Vitor is going to look like clean. I have no idea. You know, uh, he's probably going to have that wicked mohawk rat tail going on. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I, he's that hand speed has been like forever. Now he's got crazy kicks. Yep. I, I don't know, man. I mean, hey, the shoe's got to drop. I know. Somebody's got to knock him out. Yep. And it's probably going to be Weidman. I, I, I've I like seeing Vitor do amazing things. Yeah. They're amazing. I can't ever say that I've been a huge fan because there was a period where, and I know he went through a lot of things, like with his sister getting kidnapped. Yeah. But, um, you know, there was a period where, like, he seemed like he sort of quit at times. It was like he knew who would beat him. Like when Chuck, Randy, Tito, they all beat him because they're all wrestle boxers. Yeah. I mean, do I think he's that different now? I don't know, you know. Um, just because he can do spinning shit doesn't mean he's that different, you know. I I, I don't know. So I don't. Know. I'm still not rooting for Weidman just because he still doesn't do it for me. But um, I'm just hoping for a good fight. Yeah, I think that I think Weidman. I, I, I'm going to put my money on Weidman in this one because, like, for what you for the reasons you said that Chuck and those guys were able to beat him because they're wrestling boxers, which is what basically Weidman is. And he's excellent at both. He's excellent at both, and he's just a savage, you know? Dude walks around like 220. Yeah, his ground to pound, too, is nasty. And his submission game is nasty, too. Oh, yeah, totally, man. You know? And, um, yeah, he, like, won, like, Grapplers Quest or Naga or, like, a bunch of those tournaments, too. Um, like, no-gi tournaments, like, a while, a couple of years ago. I think he just got awarded his black belt, too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, you know, he's, but, you know, he's not, he's a different type of black belt than Vitor Belfort, though, but still, you know, if, if you're getting punched in the face, you know, it's it's a different game. You know? Yeah. 
I always like that. How they're like, yeah, you know, you get punched in the face once, brown belt, you know. That's yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, we got a good fight coming up this weekend. We got some stuff coming up in the future. That, uh, that card with Vitor and Weidman and, uh, Rumble Johnson versus Cormier are gonna be, that's gonna be insane too. That's uh, a great card, man. There's a lot of good fights. I don't even remember, but I can't wait to talk about it next week. Yeah. All right, brother. Once again, it's great talking to you. And, uh, yeah. you know, everybody out there listening to this, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, be sure to leave a review or a comment on, uh, on iTunes. And, um, see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>